Our corporate world is built with a whole bunch of people who will find some colleague that they're competing with who will make a mistake. So what we do is we email them to let them know, hey, you know you made a mistake, and then we CC their manager and their manager's manager and throw them under the bus because some way, somehow, what I do is going to be better than what you do. Welcome to the Up In Your Business podcast, building you to do business better. This show is about intention, transparency, and insights from business professionals sharing their personal business. Discover what they've learned the hard way so you don't have to. Empowering a new breed of self-aware leadership. Here's your host, Angus Nelson. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 055 of the Up In Your Business podcast, building you to do business better. I'm your host, Angus Nelson. So great to have you here today. If this is your first time stopping by, I want to let you know that this is your weekly dose for business savvy, emotional intelligence, and oftentimes a bit of inspiration. My role here is to help you master your mindset, dominate your fears, unleash your amazing, and live your most effective self. Again, so great to have you here. The past few weeks, we have been on a whirlwind uh, for my family. My wife's grandmother celebrated her 90th birthday uh, in Hawaii. So all of the family kind of converged on there to throw her a bit of a celebration. And for me, I got to meet a lot of uh, the members of my family face-to-face that I otherwise have not met uh, yet. A lot of them living in Hawaii or around the country. And it was really kind of cool to be able to make that kind of connection. And while it was amazing to be in Hawaii and visit lots of places around the island for hiking and swimming, exploring, etc., the reunion itself was probably one of the most inspiring for me. And, you know, my, my wife's grandmother, she's 90 years of age, and she's in an entire room full of probably about 150 people. Children and grandchildren, great-grandchildren, you know, their spouses and what have you. I think it's fair to say that was her legacy. And thinking about that, that mass of people who all trace back their existence to this one person, I spent a lot of time trying to wrap my brain around uh, what would that look like in my life. Um, what kind of life and legacy do I want to leave to my children, etc. So it's really kind of challenged me and I found that like I said super inspiring in addition uh, while we're on the island of Oahu an old friend of mine uh, from a youth group that I was a youth leader of about 25 years ago that's hard to believe uh, he invited me to speak at the 307th expeditionary signal battalion and I had the opportunity to go and present to those soldiers. And, of course, I absolutely agreed, and I wanted to be a part of that. So um, instead of me talking about a lot of the like leadership or technology or some of the other things that I talk about professionally, I spoke about some really uncommon topics for the military. And I felt it was necessary uh, to help them connect with you know, their mindset and, and, and their soul, really, Um, So it ended up being really warmly received, um, and I requested an opportunity to be able to share 
um, that recording and they gave me permission and that's what we're going to do today. I'm sharing with you the recording of my speech that I gave those soldiers on that U.S. Army base in Hawaii. Not only did it impact them, but I believe it's going to be very encouraging to you too. So let's jump into that speech right now. Two thousand was the beginning of my life. I started a business with my brother, a business that we thought was going to be successful. It was a nonprofit organization focused on young people, bringing leadership development to young people that otherwise wouldn't get it in little central Wisconsin. We had a great cause. What we didn't have was wisdom. We made some financial mistakes. We got ourselves into a little bit of trouble. We put on a, a fantastic music festival. Our headliner was Train. We were so excited. Thunder showers came in. We lost $72,000 in one weekend. Our business suddenly became strapped. A little while later was 9-11. And with the impact of that on our country, as well as our financial systems, also dried up the giving for our nonprofit organization. The business got really tough, but we had a cause. I worked harder because I had to prove to myself. I had to prove to the community. I had to prove to the nonprofit world. I had to prove to my family. I had to prove to my wife that I could turn the ship around. What happened is it got too painful. And the harder I worked, the more I coped, and that cope turned into pornography. I started to hate myself. Pornography turned to alcohol. The two combined turned to adultery. In very short order, I lost my marriage, my business, my passion, and my dream for life, and I destroyed everything that I knew that I wanted. And the very thing that I thought I was going for that was going to give me pleasure ultimately gave me pain. And psychology would tell you that that's the principle that we all confuse, pain and pleasure. We seek things that we think will bring us pleasure, but it always ends up in pain. And the things we think are going to be painful, discipline, the humility to ask for help, the opportunity to confess. No, I wasn't about that. You can change to the next slide. I wasn't about to let anyone know what I was struggling with until it was too late. For the next three years, I lived in kind of a schizophrenia where I know that I had done good things in people's lives and I'd seen good things happen in people's lives. But in that moment, good things weren't happening in mine. And then I saw a counselor. You know who goes to these counselors? People are really screwed up, right? You really got to be jacked up before you go and you know, see a professional. And I realized every one of us need somebody outside of us to help. Here's the funny thing. We're all in our own jar, and we can't read our own label. 
You need somebody outside of your jar to read your label. And inside that jar is our own chaos. And storms are going to come. Storms never stop. If it's not one season, it's another. And you're going to have highs and you're going to have lows. What we all tend to do is go inside. That was where I failed. I thought, nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody knows my pain. Nobody knows the uniqueness of my story. There's nobody on the face of the planet that is experiencing what I'm experiencing. I am the only one. Can I say bullshit here? Bullshit. We think we're so unique. We think that we're like this pedestal. Like, who are we to be so narcissistic and so proud and so special that our problems are so stinking unique? Every one of us have gone through some sense of pain, and if we would only divulge that pain to somebody else, we'd realize somebody would say, you too? I went through the same thing. You are not alone in anything that you're experiencing. Business, relationship, your personal crisis, addiction, fill in the blank. It's all the same. I spent nine years in Huntsville, Alabama. I worked around a lot of soldiers. And I did some breakfast with some guys that uh, my pastor invited me to come and hang out with these guys. And so it really gives me great pleasure to be back in acronym hell. Right? I don't know how you guys keep it all straight. God bless you. That's crazy. Here's one of the things I always shared with these guys. Like, we don't, we don't recognize the fact that we're taking in so much all the time. I want you all to do a little exercise with me. Take a breath. Take another one. Take another one. Another. 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 Hold it. What happens if you never exhale? You go pass out. We are constantly taking in information. You're taking in orders. You're taking in drills. You're taking in all the skill sets to help you survive out there and doing whatever it is that you're going to do. The problem is you don't know how to exhale. Most of us don't know how to manage stress. We seek stress through all of these other pleasures thinking that that's going to, that's going to solve the problem. You don't know how to exhale your stress, your problems, your issues. And what happens is we have 22 soldiers a day taking their lives because all they've done is inhaled and never exhaled. You have skills, talents, and abilities that you are not giving to the world, that you are not executing to bring good to the people around you. All you know is your narcissism, that I'm the only one and I've got issues. And as such, you disqualify yourself from doing good in the world. You devalue who you are and what you're capable of. And you disqualify yourself from being effective in this thing called life. That sucks. You're some of the best and the brightest in the world. And you yourself can't get past your own head. And that's what I do. I work with corporate America, Fortune 1000. People who have gone to the best schools, make the best money, have the biggest houses, 
and they're miserable because they've earned this quote-unquote success in life but fail to feel success in their own personal experience. They have success in corporate and business, but they lack success in marriage and parenting. And the worst of all is they look in the mirror and they don't like what they see. Most of us are the same way. Let's follow the line of that continuum. Over here, I look in the mirror and I see all my faults. I see all of my limitations. I don't like me. Down the line of that continuum, if I don't like me, why should my spouse? Why should my kids? Why should my colleagues? Why should my managers and my superiors? And at the end of that spectrum, why would even God That's the biggest isolation, is when you think your uniqueness of staring into that mirror and not liking what you see, how crippling that is down the line. You can go to the next slide. I want to share with you the manhood matrix, and that's the title of my message today. And I know for all of you women, you hear manhood. Let me just qualify this. Mankind is more of the appropriate acronym. But I couldn't make the acronym work. So I need the H in particular when we get to that. So it's manhood, but it's not manhood. It's mankind. So bear with me. This is an acronym. Everyone knows uh, Maslow's Pyramid? Who knows Maslow's Pyramid? A handful of you? So Maslow's Pyramid was built on our pyramid of needs. We have basic needs, and as long as these needs are met, quality and fulfillment, satisfaction in life can be sustained. I have a different matrix that's kind of built on the same principles, but around this context of executing this thing called life. First of those, if you're looking at the bottom of the pyramid, your base, your foundation is your mindset. Everybody say mindset. Am I a thermometer or am I a thermostat? Do I walk into the room and yield myself to the atmosphere that's around me and now I by default become that? Or am I the thermostat? I walk in, I own that room, and I create the environment of that room. And just because you want to be some kind of jag, you want to be some kind of yahoo, I don't have to yield to that because I know my character, I know who I am. My mindset is that I come from this place that I walk in dominance of life. I don't dominate people, I dominate me, my emotions, my thought processes, who I am and who I associate. People say that who you are today and who you are in five years are built off two things. One are the books you read, the information you intake, and the people you associate, because you will imitate those whom you associate. And if you want to change your mindset, you hang with people that soar and not people who bore. You want to change the dignity you expect of yourself? Change the dignity and the echelon of the people you hang out with. And stop crippling yourself by seeing I'm less than. Every time you face the fear of imposter syndrome, who knows what imposter syndrome is? That's when you walk into the room and you don't feel like you deserve to be there. That person knows more than I do. That person's more wealthy than I am. That person 
has a bigger role than I have to play. And you feel less than because your mindset says so. I'll give you a little trick. If you got an invitation to the party and you're in the room, you deserve to be there. That's all you need. Instead, we face the fear. So here's the fear. Most people have fear based on their past or their future. In the past, it's one of two things. Something super positive or something super negative. If it's super positive, who saw Napoleon Dynamite? Anybody remember Napoleon Dynamite? Remember Uncle Rico? Yeah. Uncle Rico, what could he do with that football? He could throw it over that mountain. He could throw it a quarter of a mile. Man, if the coach just put me in. I remember that. That was his glory days. If only, man, if we could give back to that, then, then I'd be successful. Then I'd have all my needs met. Yeah, good old days. Something super positive that's super never going to happen. Or it's negative something that's been done to you, something you've done to someone else, or worse, something you've done to yourself. Something negative has influenced you in a way that you disqualified yourself. And that pain of that situation restricts you from your potential. Those levels of mindset from the past hold you back. Others have this essence of something in the future. Something way forward. Oh, it's way out here. Oh my goodness, this is amazing. When I get that house, when I get that spouse, when I get that paycheck, when I have all of that, then, then, then I'll be happy. I'm at the pinnacle of life. I'm sorry, I just spat all over you guys. It's like I'm preaching. That future aspect disqualifies your present reality. Because you're never going to be happy because you're on the hamster wheel thinking that whatever is going to make you happy is always out there. Yeah, when I get out, yeah, then it's going to be good. Oh, when I get married, man, then I'm really going to be happy. She's, she's really going to make good food and she's going to take care of her house. And You've got all these expectations in your head of what it's going to look like. I've been married for nine years. It don't look like none of that. <laughs> oh, man, when I get that paycheck, guess what? When you get bigger paychecks, you get bigger problems. More money, more problems, right? So we put our expectation over there. Our mindset is that contentment, satisfaction, and fulfillment will come when. Here's the other problem with that whole mindset is that while I'm pursuing that thing, I'm also looking to the left and to the right and seeing other people pursuing their things. Social media doesn't help with this at all. And I compare and contrast my journey with their journey. And we all know in social media, we only, we only share the best stuff, right? And so you think you're even more pathetic because Johnny over there is doing this and Sally over there is doing that and they're X, Y, and Z and I'm ABC. Both the future and the past are traps. And what we don't know how to do is connect to the present. Being grateful for our story. 
that no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you've endured, it's prepared you. Perhaps it's given you resiliency. It's given you humility. It's given you a love and a quest for life. If you'll embrace it. In the presence, I can finally connect with gratitude. Life prepares you for what life is preparing for you. Every part of your story has significance. Do not disqualify those experiences and write them off. Instead, embrace them, whether light or dark, as what is preparing you for your next steps. Gratitude. From gratitude comes generosity. From generosity comes happiness. You want to know something really fun about happy people? They're great to be around. Nobody wants to be around the Debbie Downer. Everybody loves to be around happy people. And when you're happy, you're fulfilled, you're sustained in who you are, not what you do. We hang our hat on our performance. We shake our hands. Hi, I'm Angus. Hi. You are? Hi, Crystal. Crystal, what do you? That's what we ask. I never say, Crystal, what makes you passionate? <laughs> Crystal, in the last 48 hours, what's made you smile the biggest? Talking to my kids. Talking to your kids. Crystal, in the last six months, what's the most passionate thing you've done? <laughs> I'm going to give you permission to follow a passion you've got something to paint something to write something to create you've got a story to tell and I'm inviting you into the process Crystal to love your life in such a way that you become present and understand you are a gift okay. We don't give ourselves permission to embrace our story to such a way that what we do is not who we are. Who we are are those things that we think about when we put our heads down on the pillow at night. Those wishes, those dreams, those hopes are who you are. But we base our value on what we do. Next one is our attitude. That's your mindset. Your attitude is this place of generosity or lack. My attitude from this place is that I have something to give, not something to take. Our corporate world is built with a whole bunch of people who will find some colleague that they're competing with who will make a mistake. So what we do is we email them to let, me know, let them know, hey, you know you made a mistake, and then we CC their manager and their manager's manager and throw them under the bus because some way, somehow, what I do is going to be better than what you do. That sucks and creates all the wrong culture. Some of you guys probably experienced the same thing. Nobody loves that. So why be that? This other thing about your, your attitude. The attitude from this place of generosity comes this place of abundance. That abundance trickles into your relationships. First, we have joy happiness, optimism. You know what happens when you become optimistic? You see possibility. 
Lack constricts and focuses on problems. And when you focus on the problems, you only get more problems. That's why negative people constantly create more negativity. Because out of the, uh, uh, the quality of our thinking and that attitude comes the quality and effects of our life. In your chaos, right here, that we all embrace, and we, it's like I, I love to say, our minds are like concrete, it's thoroughly mixed and well set. We think that our truth is the only truth. And as such, we have to have right and wrong, whether it be political, whether it be SEC, you know, it's like my team's the team. That's our chaos. That's all we know. You know what transformation is? Having the humility enough to take one step to the left or to the right to see how someone else perceives the world. At the end of the day, we're all looking up the same mountain. My experience is not the only experience. And until I come from a place of abundance, I will never yield to see it a different way. Next one is your nature. Again, we shake hands. Crystal, what do you do? It's not about what you do. It's about who you are. Your nature of who you are, we think, is about all the external. But your true nature is internal. And I'm going to expound on that in just a few moments. So hold tight right there. Next one is H, your humility. When you show yourself vulnerable, you give others permission to do the same. Our world thinks that vulnerability is weakness, and yet vulnerability is strength. Someone who has experienced brokenness, like myself, I walk into a room and I say, I've been addicted, I've been divorced, I've effed up my life royally, but that's my story and I own it. So I have nothing to be afraid of. There's nobody whispering, like, hey, that Angus, man, you know that Angus, you know what he's done. It's not going to affect me. I own it. That's a level of humility that most people don't experience because in us, that pride keeps us from owning our story. That pride keeps us from changing script. Maybe I don't like my job. Maybe I should do something else. But I've told everybody that this is the thing I was born to do. What are they going to think of me if I change direction? Oh, I'm dating that one guy. That guy I told everybody he was my dreamboat. That guy, I thought he was my world. And now I realize that guy's a jackass. He's selfish. I'm not, I'm not his mama. But you told your family he was amazing. You took him home on Christmas. Everybody loves him. But your pride keeps you from saying, you know what? I deserve better than this. Am I speaking truth? Our pride is the very thing that doesn't let us show emotion. Our pride is the very thing that keeps us bottled up. Our pride is the very thing that keeps us from embracing life and empowering and dictating the authority that I am in this world, that I own my story. And I am not dictated by your opinions. That's strength. That's humility. Here's the last component of humility. Humility is where I finally see that the world is bigger than me. 
before that, it was all about me. I was born at a young age, and my mama and daddy, maybe they were all about me. And all the family came to see. Grandma, grandpa came to see me. I got a little bit older. I went to school, and all the teachers were just about me. And then I got into school, and they were doing all the, the athletics, and they were all focused on me, and everybody came to see me. I'd have birthdays. I'd have Christmas, and people would give me presents. It was all about me. I got out of college, and I got bitch slapped and found out it ain't about me. Because nobody cares about me. But we still have that thing in our head. And here's the paradox. It is not about me. And yet, it's all about me. Let me define that. What you hear about, you think about. What you think about, you talk about. And what you talk about, you bring about. What you invest in your life, those books you read, the videos you watch, the events you attend, that information, that content, those things impact how you think. The people that you hang around, the caliber and quality and echelon of those surroundings change this thinking. And your mind is full of synapses that are constantly growing and developing, and you have the power and control to change and dictate what it thinks. And what it thinks eventually will affect what you experience. And here's the interesting thing. What you think about is what you talk about. You want to know what somebody thinks? Listen to their words. Oh, I suck. Oh, man, oh, I'm such a dipshit. That's how you think. Oh, I'm never going to do that. Man, I'm never going to be happy. That's what you think. And what you talk about, you will ultimately bring about. The mind seeks equilibrium. So whatever that chaos is experiencing internally, you will subconsciously create externally. How many of you have dated, I'm going to say to the guys, have dated the same girl, just a different face, over and over again? It's because you've attracted your own pain. You like to be treated the way those women treat you. Your chaos can only be changed by putting in new data into your mind. Next one. From humility comes this place where you start to see observation. Almost in third person, you start to observe the world around you and how you interact. I can be in the middle of an argument with my wife, and I'll be like, rah, 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 and then I can be like, oh, baby, oh, pretend you're my wife, okay? <laughs> roll with me, roll with me. Oh, baby. I would say to her, I just raised my voice and I made you feel small. I am such a douchebag. I am so sorry. That's not what I intended. What do you think that does to a relationship? In the middle of telling a story, I'm talking about this fish I caught. 
Did you see that? It was like this big. That fish was awesome. You know what? Um, that was a bit of an embellishment. Actually, it was only this big. I didn't mean to lie to you. I, I just got to honor the character of me, and what I just said wasn't truth, and I'm trying to live on a different standard. Can you forgive me for that? Man? You start to observe yourself in third person and watch how you interplay with the world around you. And from that observation comes the next one, which is opportunity. You start to see your gifts, your skills, your talents. Crystal, all your gifts, skills, and talents have a place to play in the world. You see opportunities for new business ideas, opportunities for new relational constructs, new opportunities for you to interact with your colleagues in ways you never did before, that you would be salt and light and something that's encouraging, that you wouldn't be somebody that is pulling people down but rather building people up because you're built on generosity. If somebody steals my idea, it's okay. I'm going to get another. I'm not dependent on you. Somebody gets that raise. Somebody gets that new role, the one that I thought I deserved. Instead of me getting bitter and angry, I'm like, it's okay. There's another one coming around the bend. It's probably bigger, better, and more. Because I live in generosity. And from opportunity, you will finally dare. You will dare to do that dream that's in your heart to do. And the reason why people don't dare is we think the people that step out, it's like they have a bullseye on their back and someone's trying to tear them down. And I say, absolutely. The reason why they have a bullseye on the back is because they built that whole thing on their ego and their narcissism and they're just a douchebag. Of course we want to tear them down. They're a jerk. However, the person who has followed this manhood matrix and built this thing on credibility, humility, that has built from a place of servanthood, has built in a place of true leadership, has built it on a way that they have humility, that breeds strength, and people want to be a part of that, and they will follow you to the ends of the earth. They will help you build your idea. They will support you in your plan, and they will bring you resources when you thought you had none. That's the matrix that builds a quality and caliber of leadership that this world does not know, and there are few and far between in this day and age. And I encourage and implore you to get to a place where your mind gives you permission to embrace and own your destiny. I was going to say hua, but that's a whole other place. That's not... Let me go to the next slide. So as we bring this thing in for a landing, your goal and your quest is not to get quote-unquote success. Your goal is to create significance. Significance has legacy. Significance is contagious. People will watch you. People will follow you. People will imitate what you do. Success? It doesn't exist. Even people who are, quote, uns they, you say they're successful, still think there's more to do. They're still on the performance track mill. Your quest is significant. Be more than what any person you've ever known could be. I have no power over that. 
Your superiors have no power over that. Only you decide to be significant. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is in within us. It is not just in some of us, it is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our present automatically liberates others. You playing small serves no one. We think that if we stretch out, that it is in our arrogance but when you stretch out, it's embracing humility. That's the matrix. We think that fears are to hold us back. But here's the truth about fear. Every fear you face, every fear that you contend with is an invitation to a new reality. How many of you had the 10-meter diving board when you were a kid in the public pool? It's a whole different generation. When I did, like, okay, there's a handful of us. Like, we, could, we had that at the public pool, and we could crawl up to that 10-meter dive. Or, excuse me, 12 feet, not 10-meter. That's like Olympic. I'm sorry. I didn't jump off the 10-meter. I would never jump off the 10-meter. That scares the hell out of me. 12 foot. Maybe I should. That's my fear. Noted. So this aspect of jumping up off of that 12-foot diving board, you crawled up. Your knees are knocking. Your head says yes, but your knees say no. And your friends are down below. Come on, Angus, jump, jump. Come on, do it. Finally, you had just a little bit more courage than you had fear, and you jumped off. You hit the water, and you came out going, and then they couldn't stop you. Up and over, up and down, up and down, because you were liberated. To a new reality. Some of you are facing fears in your life about education, finances, relationships, about your role, your place to play. You're facing fears and limiting beliefs of what you're capable of, what you can do or what you can't do. And that is an invitation for you to enter to a new echelon and a new level of reality. Lean into the fear and watch what most people never push through the fear and therefore never experience the new reality. But here's the unique thing about life. What did I say before? Life prepares you for what life is preparing for you. And if you don't take this invitation of the fear, the little choo-choo goes back around the track and you'll have another opportunity. That's abundance. Next slide. I told you I went through a divorce. I went through years of dark, brutal pain. That little nonprofit that I was a part of, 
My dad was also a pastor in the city. I have an identical twin brother. We were really outspoken. Everybody in the city knew who we were. I was full of shame, guilt. And somebody told me, Angus, in five years, just give yourself five years, your world will look very different. And I didn't believe him. I said, you're full of crap. Five years later, I moved to Huntsville, Alabama. And I met a woman that taught me that relationships could be fun. She had a, a daughter from a previous relationship I like to call the practice marriage. I came into her life at nine years of age and I've spent the entire time trying to undo what her former father, a soldier, had done to hurt her emotionally because all he knew was dominance, manipulation. And that's what he bred into my daughter. And I've spent the last 11 years trying to invest in her a place of generosity. I'm this close. We're almost there. She's 21. She's still a little bit retarded. Oh, that's totally not PC. But, uh, she's, she's still, you know, she's still got her youthful ignorance. But we're, we're close. And then we had two more kids of our own. The beauty is in our brokenness. Beauty is in our level of intention. Our beauty is in humility and owning our story. If you want to get a hold of me, come find me on the internets and the interwebs. I'm going to take some time for questions if you want or whatever you guys want to do. Um, how many of you listen to podcasts? Podcasts will change your life. Come and find me up in your business, building you to do business better. I don't always talk about all these woo-woo stuff. I talk business and context as well. And I interview some of the smartest and brightest people in the world. The other thing is, I also have a community that you're invited to. If you want to be a part of it, you can go to angusnelson.com forward slash community where I have a mastermind. Every month, I get on a webinar and I help people get past themselves and get past their heads so that they can succeed in life. And if you'd like to be a part of that, come and visit me at that website. Other than that, you guys, thank you so much. I salute you and all that you do. Thank you. Thank you to Sergeant Major Coble and Lieutenant Colonel Wierskala uh, for the opportunity to serve and the privilege to present to your soldiers. I don't take that lightly. It was such an honor and privilege. Um, for you who are listening, as I stated in the speech, um, 22 soldiers take their lives every day. Veterans who have kind of gotten caught up in some of their um, PTSD or depression or, you know, any elements of these symptoms. And many of them haven't sought help. They haven't talked to anybody. They haven't let anybody know or gotten out of their own world to 
invite someone else to give them better perspective or to understand. I think a lot of us do kind of the same thing. We don't open up ourselves or maybe we have something in our head that we're telling ourselves stories that just aren't true. We're telling ourselves stories that are limiting us and keeping us from where we started this whole show, that legacy. That's the thing I want to share with you today. Getting down, drilling down to purpose your why for living so that you can pursue the legacy. When you look into the future, the potential of you having children, your children's spouses, and they then giving birth to your grandchildren, those grandchildren taking on their spouses, and then they having your great-grandchildren, like how that multiplies and the ability and capacity of the values and the, the life that you lead, the, the way that you express, like all of that is made contagious through your family. And yeah, the funny thing is we're all kind of jacked up. Like there's no perfect family. We've all got our idiosyncrasies. But really, it's all very beautiful in this mosaic of life. And I want to invite you to take a moment, go for a walk, close your eyes. Sometime today, take five minutes and just visualize what might be possible in that legacy. And then for another five minutes, imagine or reverse engineer what it will take for you to make that happen and start setting some new goals. I want to hear what those new goals are. Come and find me on Twitter and let me know. Or if you have questions or thoughts about the show, I'm simply at Angus Nelson on Twitter come and reach out and find me. If you're looking for um, anything about the show or more about myself, if this is, again, a new experience for you, come and learn more at AngusNelson.com. This particular show you'll find at AngusNelson.com forward slash 055. I am your host, Angus Nelson. Go ahead, please tell your friends about the show because the greatest compliment you can give is a referral to someone else, either by telling them in person or sharing on the web. Go ahead and post it or share this uh, show with one of your friends, family, or on your wall. That would be greatly appreciated. Um, I invite you, if you want to keep taking your business up and get up in your business, live intentionally, love extravagantly, and lead with self-awareness. Be amazing. Thanks for listening to the Up In Your Business podcast with Angus Nelson. Find more at upinyourbusiness.co. Remember, that's .co, not com. <laughs>